After 30 years in Portugal's biggest band ever, Moonspell, Mike Gaspar, the drummer, has left the band and formed a brand new band that really doesn't sound anything like Moonspell. What does it sound like? We'll find out next as we talk with Mike about Seventh Storm, right here on Chris Aiken Presents. It is Chris Aiken Presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken, and today I will be presenting a band that you probably have not discovered quite yet, but you definitely need to. You've certainly discovered this guy, because he spent 30 years in the Mighty Moon spell, uh, just bringing the, bringing the doom and gloom for 30 years. It's hard to even say that, but, <laughs> but he, has, he has left Moonspell, and he has formed a new band called Seventh Storm, which is very different and very good. So coming to Chris Aiken Presents right now to talk all about this release is the drummer of Seventh Storm. It is Mr. Michael Gaspar. Mike, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Great, dude. It is great to talk to you. And as I told you right when we started, man, I really, really like the record. I I didn't know what to expect coming in. I, you know, as I'm sure you're hearing a lot of, everybody comes in thinking it's going to be something like Moonspell, and it's really not. It's if I had to compare it to anything, I would say it's more like, I don't know, maybe a heavier Evergrey. You know, it reminds me a lot of Evergrey, but with I, like some heavier parts. Maybe. So. I, have no, I have no idea what I created. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but seriously, when we started with uh, thinking of what direction the music was going to go, that was one thing I was pretty uh, strong about. I didn't want to make like a Moonspell Part 2. Right. You know, I, I didn't want to lose those influences and that experience and that emotion and everything that the music held for, for so many years. And I tried to put all that into this new band, but completely, you know, going in different directions. You know, traveling to certain bands and influences that come from my past that were so important for me, even from the States, you know, the, the more hard rock uh, kind of genre, that more, you know, rock and roll spirit you know, that kind of liberty sure. that you feel especially bands like motorhead i was listening to a lot of that you know merciful fate uh, venom uh, bathory coming from uh, from sweden that influenced so many good black metal bands and, and death metal bands oh let's say almost extreme bands. right quarthen did a good job on that so it was important for me to to go back to those influences but somehow uh, represent it and deliver it in, in something new. That's definitely where the band came in because it's all you know. It's a different generation than mine. They have a little you know, different influences and bringing that and mixing that. I, I tried to create something you know genuine. That's what I, I pretended. Like you didn't, you can't expect this to happen. You can't put it, you know, write it down. This is what's what's going to happen with the music. But of course, I did have this, uh, you know, this wish. I, I could combine all these influences and make something amazing. Right on. Well, well, um, Mike, with, with this, and, and I, I just want to go back a little bit, and I don't want to get into a whole Moonspell conversation because I'm sure you don't want to go into that. I'm sure you're getting that with every interview uh, it, anyway. So <laughs> we, we need a different program for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I'm just curious, after doing three decades with one band, 
when you left, do you ever, do you at all contemplate retiring from music altogether? I mean, that's a long time to do one thing to then start over. Well, the, first of all, the thing is like I started when I was 16, so I'm 46 okay. now. So uh, there's that advantage that it's a long time, but in reality, like bands that have 30-year careers, they're in their 50s, 60s, I don't know. It's not that common that you start so young. By the time I was 18, I was on tour with Morbid Angel. You know, by the time I was 19, I was on tour with Type of Negative. So it all happened so quickly that it's not, I didn't even have a time to grasp it or to understand it or even enjoy it because everything was so quick. And I have that opportunity now with this new band. That's why it's so enthusiastic for me, you know, feeling these energies again, feeling this emotion, uh, being nervous if everything's going to uh, work out. We haven't even done a live show yet. Wow. But, and already have a release like this. And of course, I get you know, jittery. With it. No, sure. It's kind of because I know the reality of uh, of playing live. It's all I did my whole life. I've done thousands of concerts. I don't even know how I did that. <laughs> <laughs> like like uh, so many uh, you know, travels through. It became it becomes a routine. Sure. And it comes to a point where it's just like another day in the office. And like many people would catch a bus, I would catch a plane, like every single weekend or. They'll come home at four in the morning. They'll have to wake up uh, six in the afternoon to do a festival. Right. You know, and you just get you get so used to this, but sometimes you lose a little touch of the reality of you know, why did I start to do music? Right. And everything that happened because my life changed like brutally. You know, everyone' lives changed oh, in two thousand twenty. Sure. Uh, but mine was a coincidence. It all happened at the same time. I was in the middle of a pandemic and without a band after 30 years. So, of course, you know, what am I going to do now? Right. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe I'll open the bar and, and tell metal stories. And I think <laughs> I would be good at that. And I did think about that. Or I don't know, just getting a normal job. I never had a normal job in my life. I'm really that you know, cliche. I just never, never needed it. I always had the band. It was hard in the beginning, of course, to make a living from it. But after a while, we were making a living. And things weren't better than, than we ever imagined. Uh, not to mention the recognition. You know, Portuguese band, you know, in the metal community, you go to Mexico, you say you're from Portugal, they say immediately Moonspell. Right. <laughs> you go to you go to Poland back in the days, Portugal Moonspell. Right. And uh, what's amazing is having all these connections and all these people coming together now to support me with this new project. And I think that's what gave me the force of the um, the encouragement at the time was when they knew I was out of the band, people telling me not to give up and to continue. I had very close friends saying for me not to worry, that I had to get behind the drum kit again. And I spent like six months without playing, and the first time I got together with these guys for just to jam. And the minute I sat down, I started sweating, started getting all red again and puffing. I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> are you crazy? I can't, I, can't, I can't leave this behind. Not yet. Right. At least, at least not now. I think I think I'm still too young. And something, and there are things that touch you. Like I have a six-year-old daughter, and everybody that's almost, you know, not, I'm not saying everybody, but you know, people that are into the community that know that know my expand or go to festivals. A lot of people have seen me, you know, throughout the years. Sure. And my my daughter's never, no, my daughter's never seen me play live. And it's not a reality that's, you know, that she knows about it. And, she hears about it. You know, she's hearing about this new band. But of course, that really uh, gives me an extra push again to like, I would really like my daughter to see me play live. Right on. Well, she's definitely going to get the chance because this, this band definitely has to play live. Now, going into this, Mike, was it, 
was it you join i'm a little unclear did you join with guys that were already together or did you put this band together well actually it was a friend of mine it was kind of like uh double date here <laughs> no. uh he suggested immediately uh three people uh that, that was josh uh, butch and and ben ben i didn't know that well i already knew josh and and Butch for a couple of years. Uh, they did mostly cover bands, uh, more in the hard rock scene. Uh, I knew they were you know, great guys to hang out with, but I had never played with them. And somehow everything started to form around me. You know, things started to build me in, in a way so that I wouldn't like disappear. Okay. I think that was like the, I think that's what was the, the, the perfect word to use at the time. And I started creating this new brotherhood around me because people really didn't want me to, you know, to, to give up on my career and to continue to make music. So it started as like they were helping me uh, create new music and have this new vision, which I didn't know what was at the time until I rehearsed with them. And then the first time we played together, we just jammed. And it felt like we were playing together for years, actually. I have some recordings I showed some friends. That's what they said. It sounds like you guys have been for years. I'm like, yeah, really weird. But I needed that extra you know, touch I was talking about. And only at the end of the rehearsal, Ben started playing these black metal riffs. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect, man. If you can do that, then <laughs> I don't have to worry about anything else. At least I had somewhere to start, you know, and that I could feel comfortable in my own shoes due to my past career. And also the stuff that I like. It was a huge mark in my, in my life when I was 14, 15, 16. The whole black metal scene, death metal scene. So I had to have at least a little bit of that into the music. Uh, then Rez came later on when he found out that I was out of the band. He just offered his talent, okay. sent me a ma- sent me a message, uh, saying, uh, "You know, whatever you need from me, I believe in you. Anything that you're part of, uh, I, I want to be part of too." Uh, but I-, I answered immediately, like I'm I- I'm not prepared to think of a vocalist right now. I didn't know what direction I was gonna go because I'm so used to you know the growls. And the- Mm-hmm. The more whispers and, and screams, all that kind of combinations that we used to use. Sure. So it was a little bit difficult for me to like do a reset, and I and also emotionally, I was like, man, I just want to focus on the music right now. And he said, uh, not to worry about it. Anything you need from me, I'll be here for you. And uh, three weeks, four weeks later, he had uh, I had reminded, like I remembered that he sent me this uh, video of him doing the cover of Heaven and Hell from Dio. Okay. And I got to see Dio at Hell uh, uh, Hellfest in 2010 or 2009. Right. I think a year before he passed away. Right. And that moment was very special for me, uh, for some reason. Uh, it really it touched me. Uh, and then later on, knowing that he passed away, he was such such important for for the metal community. Sure. And his voice is just like, you know, still one of the biggest inspirations today. So then I'm thinking, I have a vocalist that's offering to be with me in the band. He sings, he, he does an amazing cover of Dio. You know, he, he, has a good, you know, he speaks well, uh, sings well in English. There's also one of my preoccupations coming from Portugal. because I definitely want to do something you know, more international. Right. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm worried. Like, I picked up the phone, I called our guitar players, said, get in touch with him. <laughs> Let's do a meeting. And we did just a, a Zoom call. We just talked for like an hour, an hour and a half, talking about influences. About, uh, also, from my side, I, I talked a lot about my process and everything that had been going on. And I felt this huge uh, amount of support of uh, wanting to go forward. And they were like the 100% in from the beginning. Uh, of course, there are moments where I was always like, you know, this isn't going to work. You know, uh, also, you know, do, they're not musicians that, that, that are known. 
uh, all that kind of like disappeared when we started working on the music because then the music started to like tell me you know, to continue going on this path that you're, right. you're doing well. And, uh, and here we are. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and you, you know, the, the interesting thing is that you didn't fall back on what you knew that I, I think that's the biggest step. It, it would have been easy for you to, you know, you've got 30 years with Moonspell. It would be easy to find guys that sound sort of like that and put together that same sort of thing. And you didn't do that. And I, I applaud you for that, man. Cause that's, that's a Thank huge you. risk to take to not yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Cause I really wanted to not do this on my own, but kind of do this on my own. Right, if you sure. know what I mean. And without the bandits would be impossible. But I really wanted to try and take maybe years and years of ideas or thoughts or things that I felt like I would have liked to have done but didn't get the opportunity or the liberty to do it and just uh, focus and work you know, as much as I could and give all I got for it to happen. And like they say, hard work pays off. That's what a lot of friends were always telling me because sometimes I was frustrated. Or sure. You always get into obstacles, and it's more, especially – you know, it's a brand new band. This is a process of only two years, and I already have an album coming out on Atomic Fire Records with this huge experience from the past. Even that was hard for me to to believe. I didn't I didn't think this would go so so fast. Because when you're making your own music, it's like I say, it's the best music in the world for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> but until, but then there's a reality, and I've also I went through that so many times. Like it, it has to go through the the people. No, they have to believe in it. They have to like it. If if not, then nothing's going to happen. You got to go back and do a better album. And, and fortunately, everything is like uh, like going at first, like having already amazing reviews, having the reactions like from these videos that was like a, a lot of work, a lot of dedication to get done. Again, with the, you know a huge team that came in to help me out. Maybe that's why the album is so special, especially to me, because it really was a joint effort from so many people sure. from different. Not just from the music point or the producers or the studios, but my friend that did the cover, uh, Elizabeth that did the video, and uh, all the technicians that came in and, and, and took like low cuts of their salary sure. to, to, do, to do the video because they believed in the band. And I was always like, I was overwhelmed because I knew I had a reputation for my ex-band, but I never felt like you know I was the this like the star or like sure. the, or that known. Even though, so it's always that cliche. I'm the drummer. I'm in the back. So this is how I felt a lot. I didn't really. I had the feeling that losing my ex band, that I was, that I lost a big part of my identity. And now I see everything completely different. Like uh, I, I know who I am right, now. Sure. So I found myself somehow uh, through this uh, this new band, and uh, I think it's the best way to get things out. Like I see, like Saldad. That song is like a mourning. Even this album is a little bit like a mourning to me from my past. It's like something that's gone, and uh, I have to see the you know, the light in the in the future. Right on. Well, you mentioned Saw Dad, and I wanted to play a little piece of that so that people can get a taste of it. You did two videos for it, one in English and one in uh, Portuguese, which obviously that makes sense for you, you know, to to give the American fans or the the English speaking fans a taste as well as to almost pay tribute, you know, to, to Portugal, you know, to, to your native, to your native lands. So tell me a little bit about this song and, and why it was chosen to be the first taste for people to experience of seventh storm. Well, uh, so that actually was the last song we wrote. Okay. Uh, actually it took two weeks to write 
I was super inspired just with the idea of making a song with a title like Saudade. So it's a word that's very difficult to to interpret, to, to translate. Uh, being the, in the Portuguese band, that happened many times. We were trying to, you know, show the, the emotional side of uh, of Saudade because if you translate it, all it says is missing, and, and it's not really what it represents. For us, it represents like who we are, where we come from, uh, our culture, our history. You know, of course, our poets, our literature, right. our language, our food, our wine, the sandy beaches, the sun, uh, our castles, our palace. It's everything. It's like an, I'm getting emotional talking about <laughs> so that. And that's what it really is. And everybody has that. It, you, maybe you have a different word for it. In, in English, I'm not sure which word I would use for that. Um, but it's like your alma mater again. Sure. It's like going a little bit past into into my you know my previous band. You know that was so such a a strong song that people uh, identified with. And I wanted a song that also identified, of course, with the Portuguese because it's all coming that big chunk coming from the Portuguese uh, roots. But to, to deliver it to out there, like so that that's what you know that's what metal's about. You know we we're worldwide, right? <laughs> you know, we we have, we have we have no borders, man. We have no we have none of this, and, and the, the more different we are, I think the metal community embraces that so well. I think we're one of the best communities out there that can that shows that, especially at festivals like Hellfest or Rockin', people coming from over 100 countries, and we all get along. We're just there for the sake of the music. You don't have problems. You don't have... Right. You know, it's, it's just so amazing. So Saudade is definitely a song where uh, I wanted to put in you know, also the feeling of lost, because you know, we went through difficult times, I went through difficult times. Sure. Now to overcome that loss, also the images of the video, I had to come back to our land. Uh, you know, we have a lot of fishing, fishermen culture, and uh, you know, many people lost at sea. Also, it's a difficult industry. You know, these days, you know, a lot of poor families. Right. But that's so representative of, of Portugal, and, and still they continue because they believe in that. That's what they know. And I, I wanted to try and, and put that feeling into that song and, and, and share it with everyone. Right on. Well, let's share a little bit of it right now. This is Sawdad. It is Seventh Storm from the Maleticus release, which is out on August 12th. So check it out. And we will be back with some more on Chris Aiken Presents.
that was Sawdad right here on Chris Aiken Presents. And we are talking to the drummer of Seventh Storm and the main man of Seventh Storm, former Moonspell drummer, Michael Gaspar. And Mike, um, you obviously landed on your feet very well by having Atomic Fire scoop you right up, you know, I'm assuming as soon as they heard even even demos of this. So talk a little bit about how you got how you got this band that's you know basically unproven signed to Atomic Fire right right off the jump. Yeah, it's uh, for me it's like a miracle at the time. Uh, I didn't expect you know, to be so lucky. To, of course, people tell me like, "Oh, but you're Mike, and you know people know you." But in the industry these days, that doesn't mean mm. nothing. And and I and I didn't use that at all. Like maybe of, of course I used, you know, friends or people knew each other, trying you know my old connections with with other labels. But that doesn't mean much these days. And I think uh, that's why I really focused on the music, and, and I knew that the music was going to open the doors if possible. And Actually, through my good friend Essa from Amorphous and he gave me a contact uh, to Marcus okay. uh, Vosgein and he uh, when he answered me and said what he thought of what he had heard I'd send him a demo of three songs like I was blown away I was really like he said so many good things Great. <laughs> that I was like what <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> like slapping myself like this isn't coming true and immediately after one, uh, after 24 hours, as they say, uh, of listening, they knew there was magic in the air. They wanted to sign us. And this is what the, this is what he, he had told me at the time. And only two days passed. He wanted just to verify everything with his team. And they definitely were in. And they really believed in this uh, project. They believed in the music. And that was so inspirational for the time. Because I only had three sure. songs. And the other songs just came they just was like bothering right. yeah. especially like Saudad Saudad was just, was just it was so in, inspired by being able to have a, a label to have you know a, a way to, to to express your music and to have you know delivered in a proper way we know how things work especially coming from Portugal like well, where was I going to get a label that would you know take my music the way I was used to yeah. professionally with distribution access and to all the new things that that's going on you know with the uh, spotify and mm-hmm. apple to apple whatever um there's a lot of stuff out there like each time you have a new release like you have to take a course right. on what's going <laughs> on and i learned a lot these two years and i've been in the business for oh yeah like 30 right. years I always had labels i was in the at the poster records i was on century media records i was on spv i was on napalm right. records uh, what else I don't know. I've been in a lot of labels. <laughs> and that was worrying me. I was like, because I actually feel a bit spoiled at certain points. Like, ooh, ooh, like I've been on pretty good labels my whole life. But just that one year where I was like a little lost, like I didn't know what to do. So so this was definitely like the, the, the light that I needed to, to find my, my course back. And it gave me that opportunity. I just, you know, I put in turbo. I just went... Like now that we actually have like a deal, you know, knowing that the album's going to come out, you know, starting starting to prepare everything, and the work was so amazing. It was so uh, like friends, like metal friends. Like we all believe in the music. Everything's super nice and kind, and uh, I wasn't so used to that. Everything was always like a huge struggle. Even today, it's still like I'm still a little traumatized. Right. I think because everything was so difficult, especially imagine in the '90s. 
you know, South Europe, being, you know, trying to explain where you're from, what kind of music you play. Unfortunately, things have changed. Things are much better now. And with this project, it just brings so much, you know, uh, so much goodness right to, to, to me and to people that are listening to it. And I think that's the most important. Like, the, what makes my day is you telling me that you like the album. Right. Or, when you start having the reviews, you learn a lot about yourself. That's why I always love talking to the fans because uh, you make the music, but it's like, how do they inter interpret? How are they, you know, what, what are their reactions? What, what does it, does it change their day? They're happy, they're sure. sad. Does it help them through tough times? And usually that's the case. Like a lot of times music helps people through the tough times. Right on, man. Well, dude, obviously, man, uh, the, the big question is touring. I mean, touring, Everybody's going to want to see this when they hear it. There's, there's no doubt in my mind as a metal I fan so. that people are going to want to see this. Um, is it too early to tell because it is such a brand new band what kind of touring you can do? Or, you know, plus we still have the pandemic nonsense cool. going on as well. So exactly, exactly. Well, it has to do with reality. Like uh, for these two years, a lot of big bands, you know, have been waiting. So I, the slots are, are pretty right. full at the moment. And I don't know it's something that I should compete with uh, being a, in a, a new band. And those things take time. So the, what I did for the album, taking things step by step, you know, now that the album comes out, everything's going to change. Because when the album's out, then people are going to expect us to see live. And, and I expect to play live also. But I have to take it into the proper steps. And I always, you know, rem always remember the, the early days, it would take like two, three months after an album came out, minimum, for people to know the album well. Uh, to start playing it uh, live or doing tours. And I think that's really important because I've, I've gone through that where you try to play like a new song that people don't know that well and it's like a little cold mm -hmm. you know, atmosphere in the room. So I really would love to, like when I go on stage, the people to have time to appreciate sure. the album, you know, uh, know, know it in and out and have that confidence to, to deliver live. Uh, but of course, like I tell the band, like everything's possible. The minute you release an album, you no know, things things start right. to happen, and if they start to happen, I'm gonna have to go in the flow. Luckily, I, I have you know I know how to do everything, but logistically, again, I don't have what I used to. So right. get get everything together. You know, doing phone calls again, and it's like you know you have to have I don't know if I'm gonna have technicians like I used to. Right. You know the the promoters, the agencies. But it's all fun, and so and I'm gonna be excited to do that. But for now, I'm really focused on the taking the album to the people, taking it to your home, sharing it with your family, your friends, enjoying it, enjoying this feedback, promoting it. And I didn't get to do that much because you're with all the other albums, you're always running around. Right. It's so hard to appreciate what you do sometimes. But that's the reality because you know, you know how mm -hmm. it is. You have to be on the road uh, in this Absolutely, genre. <laughs> man. Well, dude, this thing is fantastic. I recommend everybody buy it and don't just stream it. Buy it, for God's sakes. Um, you know, it, the album is Seventh Storm. It is Maliticus. Uh, where can we send people to to pick up the record and to keep up with you guys and tour dates and all that stuff? Well, you can uh, follow the links on Atomic Fire. They have uh, a link set up for the, for the U.S. and for any place in the world, the U.K., also Europe. Uh, but you also have local distributors. Uh, I, I saw that you have it in Target, uh, Amazon, eBay. So it's really well. There's an edition that we prepared for the America uh, because of the, you know, the formats are a little sure. bit different. So I know that there's there's an edition that's made, made just for America. 
all for the for the American continent. Uh, I couldn't be happier about that because it makes it so much easier for people to get the album and to have it at an affordable price, which is also another reality. And it does make a difference, of course. That's why we're into this. So I have a double vinyl. It's also coming out in two different colors. You know, that nostalgia, to, to be able to hold like a, a real record. I'm so happy that people are getting into that these days because uh, you miss so much on the covers and the lyrics, the information. Uh, of course, I love the digipacks. We have also in digipack. Right. Uh, also, no, it's a, it's a, it, there's a lot more information there. There's a lot more artwork there and, and symbolism. Uh, it was just all a lot of fun to be able to do everything and to, as a fan, uh, delivering it to more right fans. On, <laughs> well, one more time, it is Melodictus. It is Seventh Storm. And uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining me here on Chris Aiken Presents. Thank you. I really appreciate it, man. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area and need something great and fun to do, why not stop in to Pinball PA? Located in Aliquippa, just 10 minutes from the Pittsburgh airport, there's over 420 games on the floor, 200-some pinball machines, 200-some of your favorite video games. That's Donkey Kong, Asteroid, Space Invaders. You name it, it's there. So check it out, Pinball PA. Go online and see what all is going on there at pinballpa.com. Once again, pinballpa.com. Pinball PA, it's where the action is. <laughs> 